Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by our latest obsession, Pain Cakes. Pain Cakes are the revolutionary cold pack that stick to you so you can stick to your routine. Whether you're pounding the pavement as a runner like me or you're tackling the clutter as a professional organizer like Christine, Pain Cakes has got you covered. Pain Cakes comes in three sizes and can be used again and again. We both keep them in our freezers. And when we feel an ache or a pain, you just stick them on your body. You can do it a hundred times. It's all the benefits of using a cold pack, but no downtime. Find pancakes at pain-cakes.com or at thousands of retailers nationwide. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast urging you to let it go and don't look back with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone, and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kendall. Welcome, everybody, to Uncluttered and Unfiltered. I'm Eden Kendall, along with organizer Christine Stone. And we like to say that if you are a woman over 50, you have found your people, which is why when something crosses one of our minds and it keeps us up at night or we worry about our friends or our family, we want to make sure that we cover it on the podcast. So, Chris, Christine, why don't you explain what the topic is. Then we're going to do a little chit-chatting first before we bring in our very special guest. Okay. So I, when I turned 60, I decided I wanted to get everything in order. So I made a notebook and the notebook contained everything with life insurance, health insurance, wills. I mean, you name it and had dividers. Of course, I know I'm the organizer. (laughs) So you expect that from me. But it was really about peace of mind. When I turned 60, a lot of my friends' parents were going into assisted living, and I saw what that was creating emotionally for all of them and financially. So I decided it was time to get my ducks in a row, and I made it like a mission for like a week of just collecting information and putting it in this notebook. And I have to tell you, when I was done, I kind of felt a lot of relief. Did you tell your kids where to find the notebook? Yes, did you, okay, I so, did. I, I told okay. my husband as well. Because like, one of the big stressors in my life was my dad used to send me discs and discs with no explanation of just every little piece of information that he had. And over the course of time, when he eventually passed away, I don't have any way to play back any of these discs. They're floppy discs, they're little hard discs. Fortunately, everything was printed out and my mom does have it. But there are some conversations I'm planning to have with her in the near future. There are some things that I know that I need to get together. So we're going to bring in somebody who we both feel is the perfect person to discuss such things with you guys. But before we do that, can we respond to a listener um, response to one of our topics, which was skincare, which I know is completely off off subject for what we're talking about, but this was fantastic. Serena said that after listening to our skincare episode and hearing about all of the different gadgets and treatments and this and that, she had found this historical version of everything that women used to do to be beautiful. And in the Middle Ages, women would remove their eyelashes and their eyebrows because the forehead was considered to be the most beautiful part. So to to keep from the distraction, they would pluck out all of their eyelashes and their eyebrows. So that was one thing I thought was that's that's well horrifying. I think a lot of people in the in the like twenties, thirties also did that where they would have no and even like my mom has complained, I wish I wouldn't have touched my eyebrows. Yes. So yes, I think that's a common thing back then. Back in the 
old days in Europe, they would put the women wanted to look as pale as possible. So they would put lead all over their face, which would make them get oil, which, as we all know, is a terrible idea. Oh, my God. But it would also make their eyebrows fall out. So they would use mouse fur to create. <laughs> that was a, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's not particularly pleasant for the mouse. Oh, so my gosh. The other piece to that is because they wanted so much to look so pale, they would bathe in arsenic, which, once again, God. not a health not a health uh, benefit to you. And then they would also draw veins on because it would make their skin look so translucent. Like, oh, she's so she's so perfectly pale. I can see your ve- girl. I can see your veins. Oh, my God. No wonder people didn't live long. <laughs> and they had arsenic and lead all over themselves. Well, not to mention the I mean, corsets pulling oh their my, ribs right. together and breaking them. Oh, my God. So anyway, that, that was uh, Serena's response to our skincare episode. I wonder if in a hundred years, someone will listen back to ours and think we're we're barbaric. I don't well, know. Well, that's true. I, I think everything shifts uh, through the years. And what you did 10 years ago sounds really silly in the future. It does. It does. But here we are to back to today. And you have brought today to us Kathy Devine. Kathy has been a CPA for 32 years. For the last 20 years, she's had her own practice and she supports high net worth individuals and families. But more than that, she also has created, helped create the financial literacy program for the Tom Coughlin J Fund. And when you talk about families who really are in a situation where they've got to take a hard look at their finances, the Tom Coughlin J Fund serves families that are in the midst of a cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment. So, Kathy, first of all, welcome and thank you for that good work you're doing. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. I appreciate it. It's a really important topic for us to discuss And you're right, you know, the reason we want to talk about um, some of these things today is so you kind of prevent some of those challenges you might have, such as a family whose child has cancer. And so if you've kind of planned a little bit ahead, ahead, then it it makes it a whole lot easier to deal with. But I love what I do. I love what um, the J Fund does. They really make a huge difference in our community supporting those families whose children have cancer. Well, that's that's certainly something that's going to make you stop and take a better look at yeah. your finances. But we're all going to one day be in a situation where unless we have done something today or have previously done something, we're going to wish we had. So I'll turn it over now to you and Christine to go over this extensive list of things that we need to be thinking about and talking about, whether it's today, certainly not too far in the future, though. I I just think when I went through this list, I I really love the first one. Knowledge is power. That's what I say to kind of everybody that I come across. Knowledge is power. If you don't know what you have or what your challenges are, then you can't plan accordingly. So, Christine, you get an A plus for your 60th birthday. I'm really proud of you putting everything together, not surprised because you are such an organizer. (laughs) Of course. But sometimes women, you know, really might rely on their spouse or they kind of stay out of it and they just let things be taken care of. And it's really important for women to start getting involved in the finances. You know, even if you're just paying the bills, you might not understand the life insurance you have or the investments that you have. And so part of you know, getting that power is is really, di- you know, diving deep into exactly what you have. And so, you know, one of the things that I kind of 
recommend when I first start out with somebody. And and even like when I, I deal with the J Fund family, the first thing we do is we just look at what their resources are, you know. What do you own and what do you owe is what I say. So the things that you own are your assets. And I, I want to see you build a spreadsheet or, you know, a, a little notebook with a, you know, the, 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 the listing of all your, your important information. I mean, it's really important to capture, you know, where your assets are. You know, the, at this institution, this is what my balance is. This is what my online banking information is. Um, doing that for both your assets and your liabilities, you know, don't forget about your credit cards and your life insurance policies and even your safe deposit boxes. And, you know, oh, by the way, where did you, you know, store the valuable jewelry? You know, my my mom keeps it hidden in a box under, you know, something in the laundry room. You know, we would never find it and you don't want to be in a position. So you want to give your family, yourself, really the opportunity to, be able to see what you have and plan accordingly. Don't be afraid. That's Don't so be afraid important. That's so important. My grandmother kept a beautiful necklace in the pocket of her bathrobe hanging in the closet, a bathrobe she never wore. And obviously, in her mind, that was a deterrent from thieves because who would look there? But had she passed before giving that to me, fortunately, I would never know it was there. Nobody would have. That probably would have gone to the Salvation Army or the Goodwill. Right. I agree with that. I totally agree. And being of the almost retirement age, I'm not there yet, ladies, but I'm almost there. The next section, retirement planning, was huge for me because that's something, you know, I'm getting all this Social Security stuff in the mail, you know, ARP stuff. I mean, I'm like freaking out because I really haven't thought about that until I turned 60 or like, What's going to happen in the next couple of years? Uh, this is a perfect time in your life. Retiring is supposed to be exciting and wonderful. You know, you hope you have your health, but it's also really important to have your financial house in order. And so, um, it, it, unfortunately, retirement is starting to happen later and later in life because people haven't planned, you know, early on. And so if you find yourself in that position, you really, again, Laying everything out and knowing what you have helps you make decisions about when it is time to retire. So right now, the Social Security Administration, you know, uh, basically says that the retirement age for most people is 67. Um, You can retire early at 62 and you can retire later more at 70 or 72. And so the difference between those, you know, time frames is basically the amount of money that you'll receive for the rest of your life. And it's a huge difference, especially now when we have, um, you know, so much inflation, those numbers, the cost of living increases are big. And so you want to make sure you really understand what is the appropriate time frame for retirement and and you know, if if you I, I've done the numbers and basically the break even of if you live to 86, then you're better off, you know, maybe have waiting for retirement. But I'm really kind of finding that most people are kind of pulling their money out, you know, at retirement at 67. So unless there's some emergency, I would not do it early. Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by Hearts for Minds. 
Hearts for Minds is encouraging you to use your sidewalk to motivate others for Mental Health Awareness Month. Help break down the stigma of mental illness, spark conversation, and maybe just make somebody's day a little sweeter. It's easy. Grab some chalk and write inspirational messages and pictures on your sidewalk. Snap a photo and share it online by tagging Hearts for Minds on Instagram. And use the hashtag Chalk It Up for Life. That's Chalk It Up, the number four, and life. Let's chalk it up for mental health. Visit Hearts for Minds. That's Hearts, the number four, and Minds.org to learn more. Really? So you're, you're saying that the sweet spot is to go a little bit longer, work a little bit longer, not touch it. Right. Okay. So, and I don't want to jump ahead too far, but is there a golden number that people say, well, you're set if you have this much? Because I remember back in the day, like when we first started out, everyone would say, "When," and I'm talking about when you're in your 20s and you have that first job, start putting this money away because one day you'll be a millionaire. Now I never hear millionaire. I always hear because you're going to need two and a half million dollars at the least. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely... The, you know, the old million is now the new 2.5 million. And there really is no magic number. It really depends on what kind of lifestyle you want. And I would say if we have any, you know, younger uh, listeners, it is extremely important that you put money away early. And and especially if you have a job, something that matches your 401k, that's like an immediate, you know, 50 to 100 percent, you know, increase in your value automatically. So you should be, you know, basically paying yourself first, saving first. But if if you're older and you found that you haven't done that, you know, if you're 40, don't freak out. I mean, there's still time to do that. So what you should be thinking about are things like, you know, how do you want to live in retirement? I mean, oftentimes your costs will go down because, you know, your children hopefully are off the payroll. Some of them like to hang on a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm sure we all have some of those. Um, and so it, it's really important to really understand what you're going to have to spend because that's the number that is going to, you know, determine what you really need in retirement. And you can't really rely on the government. I mean, the government is is giving you something. But, you know, if you look in how much you really paid in over time, it is nothing that they're going to really be giving you. So like in my instance, I'm I'm 55 I I would say that I'm nearing retirement. I'm thinking about, you know, the next steps. And, you know, my husband and I determined that it was important for us to kind of upsize in our retirement. And the reason we feel that is we have six children, six grandchildren. We want to, you know, build a place where they'll come. But we've been thinking about that for a long time and planned accordingly. But there are a lot of people who mostly you know, downsize and they, you know, reduce their expenses, their house is paid off, their cars are paid off. And so really understanding your expense base is the most important thing. So building budget right now today will give you some sense of where you're going to be in retirement. Huge, hugely important. Well, the next one is estate planning. And this one, I have had experience with clients because I have had clients who um, did not do estate planning and their significant other, their partner passed away unexpectedly and suddenly and were in th- thrown in to just a disaster. And I, lo- I feel like I learned a lot from other people's experiences because you really don't think about things like that until you're around seeing it happen. 
Um, And one of the things which I did want to mention is nothing was in her name and everything had to go into probate and she didn't know any of his passwords on his computer and it became a nightmare. I mean, a literal nightmare. So I I think the whole password issue, the power of attorney, preventing going into probate, what do you what are your suggestions for all of this? So to make things, I mean, normally when somebody passes away and if they're married, there's, you know, usually everything kind of goes to the spouse and you think that that would be easy. But if you have to go to probate and things are not in a joint name, then that is, you know, that can be problematic. So the other than kind of doing the spreadsheet like we talked before and making sure that you know the passwords to everything, to the computer, to the phone, you know, no business contacts and stuff like that, who the investment advisors are, their phone numbers, who the life insurance person is, their phone numbers, is really to um, to to meet with an attorney who can help you do some very, very, you know, kind of simple documents that are hugely important. So I would say first and foremost, if you're married, try to have everything in joint name. Because if you have things in your joint name, basically, if the other person passes away, it just is automatically just yours. Okay, there needs to nothing needs to happen. And you know, things can get confusing if you have children, and especially if you want something other than everything going to your spouse, it's important to spell those out. So you would do that in a a document, you know, will that would say, I want my special ring that's in the bathrobe to go to <laughs> to Eden's sister instead what? <laughs> um or you know so there's actually something that you can do it's called a separate writing and it doesn't have to be notarized and if it's sitting around somewhere it would be like I want my car to go to here you know it's basically a list of your personal property and who you want to receive it so at a minimum you should have that and it doesn't have to be notarized. It does not have to be notarized. It's ladies, you hear that? And so just Google like separate writing and it's really just has to be very simple. And this is who I want, you know, the coin collection to go to or the special earrings or, you know, whatever it is. But also a will then helps kind of deal with all of the financial assets. And so that's really important as well. And and especially if you are not married, you know, and Maybe you have children or you don't have children. Having that is very important. But there's also three documents that everyone should have right now, regardless of what age, but especially as you start to age is really important. And that would be um, a healthcare surrogate. So that basically is someone that you appoint and a successor person. So if you're not available, who else you would like, who could make um, healthcare decisions for you. And it doesn't, you know, it's when you're incapacitated or sometimes when you're not incapacitated. And so it's someone that kind of can speak on your behalf. Also a living will, you know, um, sadly people find themselves in, in, you know, a place of a decision and, and for the family who's trying to decide how to deal with a loved one who's in a position that, you know, they may not survive, it's a burden that's lifted off of that family because the person themselves have said, you know, years before they've had any trouble, I, you know, I don't want these extraordinary measures to be done to me 
if something is wrong. If if I'm brain dead, you know, you can spell all of that out. So that's an important document. I always tell my kids if I can't get my hair blown out, forget <laughs> it. Pull that plug. Gosh, now. Okay. Well, we better make <laughs> sure. No. Better now. make sure that hairdresser can come visit right. you in the assisted living facility, <laughs> or somebody might be unplugging you. Um, and then really the last thing is a power of attorney. And that is hugely important because basically that gives, um, you know, there's a bunch of different powers within this power of attorney, but it basically gives a- another person, your spouse or your sister, if you're not married or whoever, the opportunity to actually conduct business on your behalf, even if you're alive, even if nothing's wrong with you. And so, it's kind of a pain in the neck because banks, you have to jump through hoops and it's not always automatic. But if you have this document and you can walk in and say, you know, this is what I need to do, then, um, you know, then that makes things a whole lot easier. Now, for those documents, who are, who is the professional you need? Just an attorney? For Just an attorney. Okay. And and honestly, there are some services out there, especially with the the everything except for the will, you can kind of do on your own. I mean, there's like legal Zoom and right. some of those. I don't know. Does Mitch have recommendations? Uh, or, well, you guys I mean, they're all term. on the computer. I yes. mean, you just have to get everything notarized. What you need to make sure, though, is that it's for your state. Right. So absolutely. So state laws are really kind of driven by the state that you're in. And so you need to make sure that that whatever documents you happen to be Googling right. up really right. kind of represent the the important things for your for your state. Uh, but meeting with an estate attorney is really worth the money because yeah. it gives you peace of mind. It helps you. I mean, the attorney is going to want to know what you have. So you bring your spreadsheet in, you kind of lay it all out in front of you, and he'll have good ideas. He'll have things that you might not have thought of. And so, you know, like, oh, maybe you should have some life insurance based on what I'm seeing or okay. whatever. So Having an attorney in that area, a state planning attorney, is super important. And you bring up insurance, and I, I want to start off this next section of a, of a, a notes doc that you gave us by saying that insurance is a tricky one because a lot of people who want to advise you on insurance also want to sell you the insurance. So it's very important to kind of know a lot about what kinds of insurance are out there and what would be in your best benefit before you talk to the actual person that's going to potentially make a little bit of money on your choices. Not, I'm not suggesting that it wouldn't be an ethical approach that they would bring to the table, but in fairness, don't you agree, though, that you should at least know? Yes, 100%. I, I won't say that the life insurance salesmen are like the car salesmen of the in, in investment industry, but a little bit they are, you know. Um, because they'll want to sell you all sorts of complicated products and everything. And if I had to give you one piece of advice, it would be all you really need is term insurance. And- Which I found fascinating because I always l- thought it was the opposite. I always thought that you that term, when it expires, you'll be in big trouble if the person outlives that term policy. Well, the whole reason that you have life insurance is really to make sure that the other person, you know, your spouse really has enough money to survive. So if if the earning spouse dies and there's life insurance, then that kind of replaces kind of the income that's out there. It also depends on your you know, level of net worth or your investment, you know, your total investments that you have. And so like an annuity or something more of an investment vehicle that is 
um, you know, that pays a death benefit at the end is costly. You know, there's tons of fees that come out of that. And there's some kind of investment factors that go into it that sometimes when you just decide to take that money and put it into another investment vehicle, you're better off than just getting term insurance, which is much, much cheaper. And when you're younger, obviously the underwriting is much better. You know, a a piece of advice I would have is anybody who works for a company that provides life insurance, you need to max out the life insurance because it's dirt cheap. It's an, you know, a group policy, which makes the the cost a whole lot less. And, you know, again, I'm a big fan of term insurance and you know, if you have health problems, then that becomes a little bit harder, a little more expensive. So try to get it early. And you can get like a a level, you know, term policy for 20 years or 25 years. And then by then you've built up the wealth that you need so that if, you know, the earning spouse does die, you have money already, you know, saved away. So... Mm-hmm. And that that's the, de- the decision we made early on, too. We were like, OK, by the time we're X amount old, we're hopeful that we won't have to be working anymore. Therefore, why do we need to continue the insurance? Because we wouldn't be. And that's, you know, fingers are crossed, though. But I, I find myself continually telling my husband, OK, you have this. Either you have to live till here or you have to go all the way. I know. You you but if you're going to drop out on me, don't do it this year. <laughs> right. Right. Or don't but don't don't do it in 10 years. You got to do it in 9 and a half. Right. Well, that's the thing. You start at my age, you start going, "Oh my god, okay. This term goes to here. This term right. okay. You know, I mean, I never thought about that 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20. You just don't think about it when you're younger, but when you start to creep over 50, you start to think and like things happen, like you said, I mean, you can't plan for everything. And so you don't want to be caught being one of those people that didn't know what they had, didn't know if they had life insurance or or anything in their family, what they owned or what they had. And that's why I think this is such an important topic for women, especially. Yeah. And like I, I think, you, Christine, you and I were talking about sometimes that life insurance ends up being um, money that goes to your kids. And so that's not totally the point of the life insurance. It's really to kind of protect you, you know, if something happens. And so if you're overinsured, what you end up doing, and it's not always a bad thing, but it's not always a necessary thing, is that the proceeds of the insurance end up going to the kids because you have plenty of other assets to live on. And so it wasn't really necessary. So Oh, my kids will be sad to hear this. <laughs> not, a lot of not kids will be sad. That. We won't tell them. <laughs> but, but in reality, that money you were spending for that life insurance could have been used for things like to maybe uh, keep them from having to get student loans and things like that in their life. So whether they get it now or they get it later, the benefit to them may or may not matter. So that's it's, right. it's, it's really a, a, it's about you and your needs. And that's what life insurance should be about, what that's you right. need. Exactly. I mean, that's bonus for them if that happens. But right. if it's too much insurance, if you're overinsured and you're spending all of your money on it, right. and you don't even get to enjoy it at some point. But I, I think we, you know, when we went into this topic, we had to make a decision. We thought we could power through it or we could stop and do in a whole other episode. I have an idea and I'm going to propose it to you on the podcast, ladies. Okay. 
Christine, you and I wanted to do an episode coming up soon about aging parents. Yes. And I believe that the final piece of this puzzle falls into that long-term care. Kathy, would you stick around? And then we will do our aging parents episode and then take a moment with you as well to talk about long-term care. For sure. Does that sound good? Is there in the meantime, for those who are listening to this, is there a place they could go to access the kind of notes that we are privy to? Or are we allowed, if you don't mind, to share the notes you've sent? Of course. Yeah. So we can share them. We will post them as a document on our Uncluttered and unfiltered ladies only. I'll even create a spreadsheet we could attach (gasps) so they could just pull it down and fill it out. I'd be happy to. Oh, my gosh. We're going to make that exclusive to our uncluttered and unfiltered ladies only Facebook group. Okay, that's great. Never before have you been motivated to join that group. Now, here's your little prize. You're going to not just have these pieces of information that we were armed with before recording this, you will have a spreadsheet that you can customize. That's Thank my you. enterprise. So <laughs> that's great. Is there a website, though, or anything people can there, go to find you? No, okay. there really isn't. Um, so you really are here for the benefit of everyone listening that's right. and not your own no, self. No, absolutely not. I'd that's, love to share about financial literacy with anybody and and, and anyway. Thank you for bringing us, Kathy. I, I mean, she's amazing. And honestly, I feel... Like this topic is so important to women. I just have heard so many stories where women were not prepared and the unthinkable happens and then it's just terrible. So I I really feel really serious about this topic. So once you sit down and you do your spreadsheet and your notebook and you've got your legal documents that were suggested to you, that's then and only then can you really... Have a glass of wine. Have a glass of wine. (laughs) Always have a glass of wine. (laughs) And then you can let it go. And don't look back. Hi, it's Eden. Christine and I absolutely love bringing you Uncluttered and Unfiltered the podcast for women over 50. For the first time, we're asking you for your help. A one-time or monthly donation from you will help us with production costs and help us grow this awesome community. Find a link to make a donation in our most recent show notes in our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only Facebook group pinned to the top or on our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Facebook page. And in advance, thank you.